that time again for the assault on your ears we call Lower Dorks, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. We got some Marin, we got some Stavros, we got some Star Trek. And tonight on our screens oh, is episode six of season three. Hear all, trust nothing. And in our cups is... What was this again, Stavros? This is our ill-fated attempt to make an iced Ractagino. I use Irish whiskey, so I use Jameson Black Barrel. Simple syrup and coffee liqueur. Um, I use Kahlua and cream. And it, uh, to be honest, it came out kind of tasting a little bit like a white Russian, but it is tasty and delicious and slightly coffee flavored. Yes, I uh, didn't quite have you know everything I needed, so I had to lean back on a little uh, Bailey's Irish cream. But this time, mm. I sprinkled in the Bailey's Irish cream with pumpkin spice flavor. Threw a Ooh, dash of cinnamon on top. Good. None of these things right. were necessarily good ideas. You know, rumor has it that Ractagino has a little bit of a cinnamon flavor to it, so maybe you had the right idea. Trying to learn what a Ractagino should taste like, I kind of got the sense that the flavors that were hinted at in the series and in the expanded universe, it's just pumpkin spice, man. Klingons are out there drinking pumpkin, <laughs> pumpkin spice coffee. A little disappointed, man. They're like uh, Starbucks hipsters or yeah, something I mean, going around drinking coffee. Let, let's face yeah. it, Klingons, you basic. Damn. <laughs> well, let's talk about the episode Here All Trust Nothing. By the way, if you didn't know, Here All Trust Nothing is the Ferengi rule of acquisition number 190. Acquisition yeah. of acquisition. Jesus. <laughs> Started a little early this <laughs> you time. You got a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah apparently. <laughs> Uh, but that rule of acquisition was mentioned in the DS9 episode, A Call to Arms, which is amazing because, guess what? This is the DS9 episode we've been waiting for. The internet's going crazy. Let's talk about this episode. Here, I'll trust nothing. When Mariner decides to stay on the Cerritos while the rest of the Warp Core 4 visit her old stomping grounds, Tendi's attempts to evade a fellow Orion wind up in forcing her to revisit her piratey past. Meanwhile, Bold Boimler returns to find he has a gambling problem fantastic episode can't say enough good things about this and it's not just the yes. uh callbacks that uh, really drive it home um i know a lot of people are just like oh it's a love letter to ds9 but it's also a good story you know it's got good character totally. moments and yeah uh, the comedy is on point there's some stuff that i i wasn't really a big fan of but we'll get into that yes totally there's so much to talk about let's jump right in with a discussion of the ds9 focused plot God, so much going on. But before we get into the nitty-gritty of going to DS9, I noticed your favorite Admiral, Admiral Buen Amigo, has returned. Ah, yes. Admiral Goodfriend. What the hell, man? <laughs> you know, he's there. He's trying to tell people what to do. He's talking about brown holes. Yeah, you know what? So I want to know what the uh, Vancouver was actually doing. Yeah, me too. So here's the real question. Did we ever learn the Vancouver's class? I think we did. I don't know it right off the top of my head. It's something that I can look up. Are right there are there other ships named after uh, cities? Like, is it just is this the theme of Lower Dorks? Lower Dorks? Lower Decks? <laughs> is this the theme of Lower Decks that just like they're doing ships named after cities? Is that is that what we're getting at here? It seems like yes, but yes, the Vancouver is Parliament class. Oh, there we go. It's uh, it's fancy. It's not the American junky california classes it's the wow the nice parliament class that's that's that's, that's <laughs> man that's harsh i know anyway the uh, vancouver is stuck in a brown hole and you know what this could be a little crass but isn't brown hole kind of the uh the it's your the bum buddy it's your butt. bum yeah just saying what's the vancouver doing in butts well it, it wasn't Guess doing it in butts know. the butts was threatening a planet this really a big has butt. got me thinking like what is going on here 
<laughs> with this space butt threatening a planet. Like, how is it threatening? I don't know. It? So many questions. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. We'll never know. Honestly, well, maybe we'll find I, out. I think the admiral later. was just lying, and this was all just a uh, cover up for <laughs> just a ploy. Yeah, some secret yeah. mission the Vancouver was sent on. We'll learn about later in the season. Very likely. But anyway, the admiral uh, gives orders that uh, they are to meet with the Karema, which you know, as you know, in DS Nine, are members of the Dominion. I guess trade negotiations are opening back up. Yeah, and, you know, they deal with a lot of wine and fleece. And apparently they are down to trade alcohol. Yeah, again. Lots of crates of alcohol. After the war. Although, you know, when they show up, like, they, they seem pretty upset about the whole Dominion War outcome. I don't remember them yeah. being, like, in DS9, were they really ride-or-die Dominionites? I felt like they were like... I don't think so. Yeah, I felt they were like, yeah. well, we live in the Gamma Quad and it's either the Dominion or death. Let's choose the Dominion. Yeah. <laughs> I got that impression as well. Yeah. But they're not used to the Alpha Quadrant peasants. Ah, yes, so. that's what it is. Did you notice in the crates on the Cerritos, there's a lot of crates, like it says Romulan Ale and all this kind of alcohol. Uh, one of the crates was labeled Gallardonian Milk, like the pig people. Yeah, gross. That have the spiders. So is that alcoholic then? Well, I mean, we don't know. Maybe it's not naturally alcoholic, but like you can ferment anything. <laughs> like you ferment it or something? You can ferment yeah. <laughs> anything with sugar in it. It's just... Yeah. Some things don't ferment well, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe this milk is, you know, unusual in the sense that, you know, you can make a nice drink out of it. Yeah, or maybe it's like an alien nation situation where there's just certain races that really get off on drinking spoiled milk. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I hope that's really an airtight container because uh, that, that cargo bay is going to smell like spoiled milk if they didn't seal yeah, that right. And it, that, that smell just doesn't get out of anything for a long time. <laughs> it really doesn't. No. Well, let's talk about the Station of the Hour DS9. Oh, dear God, they put so much work into detail here. Do you mean the uh, tacky fascist? <laughs> Cardassian Isola. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Such a fantastic That was the best. Go yeah, Shaxx. they show the station. The execution is so good. Yeah. They show the station and Shaxx, they just cut to Shaxx, like, pooping on it. Yeah, which makes sense. Like, yep, but you know what, I gotta wonder, though, <laughs> like, you would think that after everything that's happened... Wouldn't DS9 kind of... It's got to be like almost like a holy place to the Bajorans at this point, right? Mm, like Space yeah. Jesus. Like that's where he lived and worked. That's where he saved Bajor from. <laughs> that's right. You know? Although, I don't know. I mean, does Shax... Maybe he hasn't been back in a long time. Like he got out when Bajor got liberated and he's like, I'm not coming back. Maybe he's just not religious. Maybe he doesn't believe in Space mm. Jesus. Maybe he's yeah. just like... Cisco was just a shitty captain. He was just some guy. He's co-opting the uh, Bajoran religion. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> He's one of those anyway. He doesn't like the look. Christians. Yeah, the very well could be. Anyways, the uh, just keep circling joke that we saw a tease of in the trailer. I thought I didn't think they could improve on that joke, but they totally do. When they sh they show the DS9 theme as there as you get a good look at the station, and the ensign's like, "Uh, what do I do?" And Ransom's like, "Just keep circling." And the shot of the Cerritos circling the station comes back, and it starts playing the theme again it's just before looping. it gets abruptly cut off. It's amazing. It's just like so good. That was my favorite joke of the episode. It was a good time. Oh yes, such a such a fantastic bit. But I mean, really, a lot of detail too on the station. I mean, yeah, dear God, the space game they've got going on. All of their imagery there is really solid. Um, yeah. I got to give them credit. Really awesome. It is kind of like jarring when you juxtapose it to what's going on with the interiors because it's good animation, hmm. but they're two yeah, very different detailed, styles. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. 
it's a little jarring, especially with the, whenever the first contact uniforms make an appearance, because I'm so used to being able to see like the zipper line up the collar, and there's like stitching in the shoulders that doesn't come through on the animation. So it is less detailed. And it's when you look at them compared to the uh, Cerritos uniforms, it's definitely one of those was designed for animation and one of them was not, and it kind of shows. Right. But it's such a minor critique, though. Like, there's yeah. such so much uh, pretty stuff to look at. I wouldn't let you let a fashion complaint slip by you, you know? <laughs> you, you know, it's the show has made me hyper fixated on weird details. Oh, so yeah, it's the are. show. This isn't just a you thing. <laughs> I'm maintaining that it's the show's fault. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on! We go into the interior of DS9, just as freaking awesomely detailed. The the promenade specifically, um, and, ops, and I think the briefing room we get to see. Um, I love that the first intro shot to the promenade does the whole, like, pan around promenade, show people walking around or standing on yes. the second level first before it focuses in on the main characters i noticed your best buddy the axolotl alien was back yes he's back i want to know more about these things i want i want we need a character man come on make it happen yeah we need at least the name of the race yeah, yeah. is it the same guy I, no probably, probably not. not i mean maybe he's you know what for all we know he's a crew member of the cerritos and we just never really oh, yeah, see just him. did a little quick change yeah yeah now be. watch somebody online is gonna be like well, duh, he's a crew member. Here he is in this scene and this scene and this scene. Or do you guys even watch the show? He said, this guy sounds racist. All the axolotl people sound the same. Yes, the same. apparently. Um, <laughs> so there's a ton of stuff that I like in here. There's Jake and Nog uh, XBs standing in like a side mm-hmm. hallway. Only yeah. it's Bajoran Jake and not Nog. There's Batless R Us, which, you know, yes. with Toys R Us going out of business, like I just feel like the R Us thing is going to kind of like fade into obscurity. It was never a great name. I was thinking about this, too. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird because, you know, this is a store that's out of business. But if you think about it, like this DS9 episode is targeted for people of a certain age that, you know, for nostalgia purposes. So it's got to resonate with the same group yeah, of people. Yeah, like they were alive to remember it. <laughs> right, exactly. All the Gen Zers like, what's that mean? <laughs> Did you notice the Batleth in the front of the Batleth RS is not a classic Klingon Batleth, but it's like the sort of Kaless, like old school Batleth style? Oh, no, kind of I did not a slightly different style. notice that at all. Yeah, it you gotta freeze frame the heck out of it. It wasn't the sort of Kaless, was it? Because that raises a I don't whole know if it was the same sword. Series of yeah, questions. are they selling the sword of Kalos? Yeah, like, like a replica or something. Or like a replica. I mean, where did they see it? I mean, didn't it get like sent off into space the last we saw it? <laughs> yes, it's got to be a replica. Somebody took some scans, and this Battlestar is selling a you know fifty gold press latinum priced replica of the sword of Kalos. Maybe that's yeah. what's happening. I loved the uh, Rutherford wanting to go dangle his legs. Another homage to, to Jake and Nod. Yes, that was pretty fun. It's a good place for a heart-to-heart with the junior reporter. You know what? That's killing me. I know that's a reference to something from the series. <laughs> and I it kills me. Like, I'm looking through DS9 episodes. I'm, like, trying to find all the Jake episodes. <laughs> I know it's somewhere. It exists. Like that line? Like no, a spoken dialogue? No, no, somewhere? no, no. It's not that line. It's that scene, right? Oh. Jake having a heart-to-heart <laughs> with the junior reporter. Like it's enough... I think Jake is the junior reporter. No, because I it? feel like there was a scene where he met somebody that was a writer as uh, well. Hmm. Ah, God, it's been ages. I'm probably wrong, man. Tweet us if you know. I feel like it's just a. It's got to be just a general reference, yeah. I think. But I mean, hundreds and be. hundreds of episodes later, I don't remember all the details. I'm sorry, internet. I failed. How you. dare you? You got to pay more attention. Rewatch the show again. We're pausing recording. 
<laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? We got cameos up the wazoo for DS9. Well, up the wazoo. We got two big-name cameos. Colonel Kira we meet in the promenade. Or, I'm sorry, not the promenade. The, uh, the ops. ops. Yeah. The ops. Yes. And, of course, we can see the baseball is still in there. I'm going to, like, take a step back. When they show the ops scene, and yes. it reminded me of something that always bothered me about DS9. The teleporter on okay. the bridge. Like, it makes sense yes. for quick getaways, but it just seems so insecure. <laughs> it just like, and there's not even like a door on it, right? It doesn't close. I know. People can just nope. beam on board, and you're screwed. Maybe it's one of those like you know, only the transporter, the the op, the controls on the in ops can actually work it or something. No, because in the show, freaking Gul Dukat beams in from the outside and uh, is all like, watch me <laughs> twirl my invisible villain mustache," and then it turns <laughs> out that you know. Somebody had already outvillained him, and he wound up trapped on the uh, station. But anyway, uh, yes. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, what's really interesting, though, about this scene is when the Cerritos senior officers show up. The scene yes. mirrors when Cisco first steps onto the station. Ooh, uh, I didn't Kira's that. back is to the door, and they enter in. But the exchange is ah. so different. She's not raging. Of course. She's not angry to see, see Starfleet there. She's very happy right. about it. Yeah, this is like nice Kira. Yeah. I didn't think that existed. Hey, you know, one thing I noticed, uh, am I crazy for missing the end of DS9 or something? But it's only Bajoran officers in ops. So does Starfleet not run the station anymore, really? It's all Bajorans all the time? I was kind of wondering that because you don't see many Starfleet officers. Um, you see the yeah. one Orion, obviously, and he's in the DS9 yeah. style uniform. Right. I, maybe they're not as big of a presence as they once were. You know, without a war there, the station's largely fixed up and upgraded. Right. Yeah, maybe it's it's not a tumultuous area anymore. They may not need as big of a presence, you know? Yeah. You know, Mask, the Orion dude, obviously works there, so there must be some kind of presence. But it's weird that there were just nobody in ops. But minor detail. Yeah. I love the uh, Shaq's kira interaction that just turned nah, into a whole episode man. long thing of trying to one-up each other it's weird that was amazing that Shax and kira know each other it kind of feels racist <laughs> like oh yeah all bajorans know, know each other, other. like <laughs> eh. also why is kira still a colonel like you would think after all hmm. she did she would get like a promotion i mean there's gotta be something above colonel in the show she was only a colonel for a couple years before the show ended and Lord Dex only picks up a couple years after that, so I don't know. How long is somebody supposed to be a colonel for before they're promoted? I don't know. I just feel like, you know, she should be some higher-ranking individual, you know, like a general mm. or something at this point. Just feels wrong. Have the provisional government just toss her a whole new name. I mean... Well, I hope it's not a provisional government She anymore. took down Cardassia, man. Like, that's that's <laughs> next level that's for a poor Bajoran resistance fighter. <laughs> that's right. She got the Cardassians to turn against their own people. Yeah. I mean, whew. what skill? Yeah. She developed that persuasion skill for sure. <laughs> I love that introduction. They got the the actress to come in and she sounds really great. But I mean, back to the Shaq's Kira relationship though. You know, I haven't, we haven't really talked a lot about the Karama's plan to like sabotage the station and kidnap Quark. But you know, when Shaq's like shoves her out of the way, isn't he like he basically causing the, the whole, whole black end problem? <laughs> if you just let Kira get hit. Yeah, nothing would happen. Nothing would have happened. I mean, he didn't know that at the time, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's true. And he gets congratulated for it at the end, and, and Kira, like, traps him into owing her one. 
you know, nothing would have happened. They should have known in retrospect. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't know what it uh, was. You can't blame them for that. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. true. Uh, but then we got our second cameo. Uh, we got Quark, voiced by Armin Sherman. He is back. At first, I don't know if it, it was the first scenes they, they filmed or something, but there was something off about his voice. But he definitely gets more and more Quark-like as it goes yes. along. Whereas Kira, like, there's just something off about her whole, like, the the tone the and tenor of her voice. Mm-hmm. But it may just be, you know, everything she's been through, the character has changed. Maybe that's You gotta expect the actors gotta change their voice a little bit too. Well, age or yeah, and they are they are older now. But I did notice maybe, like, there was some, something off with Armin Shimmerman's teeth or something. He's not... He didn't quite get the voice this is what i remember and that's that's what i think it may be too sometimes it sounded like the teeth were in and sometimes it sounded like they weren't imagine it's got to be hard to deliver lines with fake teeth like that totally yeah when you're doing voice acting you got the stupid things in your mouth and you gotta you gotta be like zany quark (laughs) i actually want to talk about that you know i mean we talked before about how Riker is kind of like over the top Riker for this show yeah but now we've got quark doing kind of screaming and squealing and you know, he's got the line where Kira teases him about, you know, being happier poor than in prison. And he's like, no! <laughs> and it's very squealy, yes. kind of over the top. But it was fun. You know what, though? I mean, yeah, it was it a was very good presentation all the way through. Uh, Armin Chimmin did a fantastic job. Uh, we also learn a lot about uh, Quark's business operations. He's uh, got Quark's restaurants franchised. I love in the intro shot for Quark's. There's this Vulcan leaving Quark's. With all uh, like the full swag t-shirt. collection. He's got the hat, the t-shirt. <laughs> oh, what's in the bag, man? Like, what's the uh, Yeah, I was wondering, that? like, is this, like, Space DoorDash? Like, he's delivering Quark's food to, like, somebody in the I, Habitat I room I doubt it. I highly <laughs> doubt it. I think he is just into Quark's. It could be. There is that whole gift shop and everything, so there is yes, that. Yes, that is what's going on. I love all the stuff in the gift shop. We see the return of the Ferengi ears that we saw in a previous episode this season. They got t-shirts. They got the plush dolls. Yeah, I think the uh, plush dolls. Bugs. Were the plush dolls Grand Negus dolls? Is that what I was seeing? Were they? I think I so. I don't know. I don't know if there's that much detail in there. But yeah, it very, could very well be. That whole uh, Quark's bar looks like exactly the same except for the inclusion of the uh, gift shop gift there. Shop, so yeah. It's a good time. Well, That's and funny. the new replicator. Yes, and in fact, let's go to that next. Um, you notice the drink that they're all drinking is this like layered color drink. I did a little research. That is actually a drink from DS9. It's called the Modella Aperitif from the DS9 episode Dramatis Personae. Oh, I do not remember it's that supposed at all. To be on the sweet side. Yeah, we'll have to make one up. It was all uh, crazy layered. We, I, I feel like if we tried to do something like that for the show, do some kind of layered drink, it would just turn out like a disaster. I don't know how they made that prop for the show. You, you got to believe in us, man. We can do it. Maybe for a future episode. Indeed. We'll, we'll, we'll make the attempt of the uh, Medela aperitif. Uh, let's see. What else about Quark? Uh, one, of the, one of the funniest things is when the Karema guy calls Quark a long-lobed halfling when he's getting pissed at him. And that made me laugh. I had the captions on, so I caught it on the second go-around. But uh, calling him a little halfling R- is, Raises is a lot of funny. questions, though. Is there a space Tolkien on Karema? That rogue yeah. space lord of the rings. <laughs> I gotta know. Are there more space halflings out there then? Or I don't know. Just one of many? Not gonna lie, Quark's whole angry about the Dominion War shtick had me going. I'm all like, wow, this is a new side to You're Quark. You're like, I agree with him. And then it's like, oh no. He's full of crap. Shit. Uh, <laughs> Quark is still Quark. Nope, he's actually just stealing. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, very in character. 
I love how the uh, they they go back to um, the inclusion of the Karama because Quark did do some business with them on behalf of the Grand Nagus in DS9. So making them come back like this was a nice little callback to the, the old DS9 episodes. Yes. But also in Quark's is the Dabo table. And who is the best at gambling? Apparently Bold Boimler with his clutch. I don't know what he keeps in that, but he was traded in for gold press latinum and making tons of money. Probably strips of latinum. And like that little coin purse? Yeah, just little tiny, like, they're, they're the, the, the ones that they used to tiny use to, like, pay. I don't know whether they were strips or slips or whatever, but, you know, you saw them in DS9 occasionally. When Liquidator Brunt goes and he's, like, paying his respects to the Negus and he keeps dropping the the little tiny ones in there, he's probably got, like, five ones. or six mm. in there and, you know, turned it into a mountain. Yeah. It was amazing. There's a couple close-up shots of the Dabo table. And dear God, just like the rest of DS9, the interior and exterior, there is so much detail on the Dabo table. I feel like the only other time I've seen one is the presentation in Star Trek Online, where it's a very, you know, top-down, flat view. Here it's way, way more detail. looks amazing. Total props to the art crew there for making it look so awesome. This whole episode, just very high detail. But you know what they... They've really turned it up a notch season after season after season, so it totally. doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. Definitely not. I'll tell you, though, you know where we did see a really high-detailed Dabo table that we haven't mentioned? Ooh, where? In DS9. You think so? <laughs> did you watch the show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, that's uh, that's too much ice rock to Gino uh, for you, buddy. Okay, what, what, to, to pull it back a notch. What's the next thing we're going to talk about? Are we staying on the DS9 plot? I think there's more to say here. Yeah, there is more. I, well, to, to finish off Boimler though, um, he comes out with a with you know this coupon that gives him double the latinum value for use in the um, Cork gift shop, and he gets super riffed up, man. I mean, he comes back with this armful of stuff, and it's. Let's see, another set of ears, he got a little flag, a foam finger, a, a snow globe with DS9 in it, um, a coffee mug, and a shot glass. But that's it. I mean, he had a freaking mountain of latinum, and that's all he got for it, and he was all happy You're about it. You're assuming he old, he used it all. Did he say he spent it all? We don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe he, he kept yeah. some of it in reserve. Like, I would love that to be like a running gag in the series. Every time they see a corpse, <laughs> he's like, I gotta go in there. And he comes out with an armload of stuff every time. <laughs> I love it. Let's move on to the other DS9 stuff that's going on. The Tendi, Rutherford, and our new buddy, the Orion Mesk. Um, I hated Mesk from the get-go, which, I, of course, is the intention. He, of course, we realize is he's kind of got the Orion personality going on and annoying Tendi because Tendi doesn't want to, you know, fess up. You know, she kind of wants to bury that part of her past. Yes. But in reality, he's from Cincinnati. Yeah, I called it from the get-go like the first time he's talking to rutherford i'm just like there's no way this guy is this shady and in starfleet he's full of it he's not shady is the thing that's it and he he was full of it and i was correct i called it unlike quark (laughs) who was even more obvious (sighs) you know i had this thought though you know who also grew up on earth and was from an alien culture he is orion warf <laughs> just and I love the fact, like I, I'm really sad that they like. I hope this character comes back, right? And like they just have to keep calling him out on all the stuff he gets wrong about his own culture, just like they did to Worf <laughs> in DS9. <laughs> Maybe at some point, Ensign Barnes will have to tell him that you know you have this view of Orion culture, and it's never been that. I, I would love to see that scene. I love it, one hundred percent. So bring him back, McMahon. 
More mask. Yeah, I just want him to be himself, and I, I love that theme that's coming back time and again in, in Star Trek and at least in Lower Decks. You're not a freaking Orion from the Orion Syndicate, man. You're Orion that grew up on Earth. Just be yourself, dummy. Same thing with Tendi. She buries her past, as she says at the end. That's part of your past. Be yourself, dummy. I don't know why you're so obsessed with telling other people how to live. You want to be <laughs> you? Be you. You want to be somebody else? Be somebody else. Be you whoever know, you want to be. Be whoever is your, is you want to be. You want to be an Orion pirate? Be an Orion pirate. <laughs> so this guy, you're you're in support of the mask Orion pirate persona then? No, that guy was he a dumbass. <laughs> he needs to tell if you're a dumbass, down, don't so. be what you want to be. Yeah, yeah. Got it. No, you can be who you want to be. Just be who you want to be somewhere that isn't around me. There you go. That makes sense. Indeed. You can do whatever you want in the privacy of your own home. You can be as, as an Orion pirate. Just, do, just don't leave in your quarters. Yeah. That sounds like your philosophy. <laughs> Anyways, now that we're done with this dumb tangent, <laughs> um, I love the uh, the Orion multi key that we see. Does Tendi keep that at the end, or does he give it back to Besk? I don't remember. She knows how to use it. Yeah, I don't think they really address that necessarily. But I do like the fact though that he recognizes Tendi's family name, and that kind of plays into the whole like just they reveal a lot about Tendi's background, but they still leave a yes. lot open. Like there's not enough specifics to where it's all like, well, this story's done. Yeah, I love it. We get the, a lot of the Tendi development here. Yeah, the latest addition to the Tendi uh, Orion pirate conspiracy. Yes. Did you like the pirate shanties, by the way? Oh my god, freaking, we need more. Like, let's get a whole album <laughs> of Orion pirate shanties. We'll make it big on YouTube by yeah. putting out Orion I pirate I mean, shanties. a few years back, there was that viral trend of people singing sea shanties. We're going to make it happen yes. with Orion pirate shanties. Yeah, make it um, happen. We'll, we'll partner with the sea shanty, like, biggest YouTuber and have him sing Orion's and... We'll get 600 views. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> that does. Let's, it uh, does. let's it not does. and say we did. Uh, but speaking about Tendi, though, Best she goes all like super in pirate. The series. Shh, I'm pirating. <laughs> I'm pirating. <laughs> That's so good. Hey, why is she awesome at everything now? Like oh, she can. She was you know, before. Do Remember stuff. when she was the cleaner? Yeah, the cleaner. Yeah. yeah. That's why she's going to do general science. She's got general skills. That much is, is sure. Uh, did you notice when they go on the Karema's bridge, that dude is like, oh no, and jumps off the railing? <laughs> that guy's dead, man. I don't know. He may not be dead. He could have just been badly injured. <laughs> he, like, screams for a long time. And he's he goes, ah. Nobody even, like, bothers to check. Like, <laughs> like oh, yeah, he's done. Maybe there's no gravity yeah. down there. Maybe it's the whole... Oh. Uh, Maybe it's, it's the like whole sweet Mayweather sweet spot thing again. <laughs> and he just eventually, you know, floated around down there till he hit the ceiling or sat on the ceiling or something. I don't know. That was awesome. And then, of course, that leads to the final dramatic countdown as Tendi races against time to avoid going through the wormhole, which <laughs> it's it's two ways, guys. Like, it could have gone through and then he could just turned around and come back, right? I know. Like, isn't that how yeah. that works? She could only disable the ship is the plot to explain Jeez, that. I don't know. Seems like a really shitty pirate if all you can do is disable a ship. You're supposed to take it over. That's right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to fly it to pirate it. Yeah. You can't. You gotta run before the authorities catch up, before you get tractor beamed. Indeed. But yeah, no, I love the Tendi uh, development happening there. I want her to embrace the background and be herself. She's got that experience. You just gotta accept it. You can't just bury it. Oh my god. That's the uh, philosophic philosophical line there. Okay, I will let you believe whatever you want to believe. 
Some people should bury <laughs> Thanks, their buddy. past. That's all I'm saying. I've known some people, and every time they start telling me their life story, I just want to tell them to shut You're up. You're just like, nope. nope. You're just noping out of that That's one. That's when the earbuds yeah. go in, and I look at them, and I can tell that I and I tell them I can't read lips. I hope they get the message. There you go. You got the right but idea. But hey, is that it for the A plot? Do we have a B plot to talk about? I think so. Yes, let's talk about the B-plot. That's the Mariner Gen plot. First of all, I love that the Warp Core 4 are so into the Gen-Mariner relationship when she pops her head out in the bunks area. Not in the Super bunks cute. area! She pops her head out of Mariner's bunk! She was Oh, was it Mariner's, Mariner's bunk? I didn't catch that. With Mariner! I had to watch the scene again! To like confirm oh, it. I didn't realize. Right? That was amazing. But uh, it's so cute. All the friends are all supportive of it. Definitely a cute couple. The internet loves them, of course. Of course. Well, I mean, most of the internet. I saw some uh, Reddit comments get removed. Certain implication Ooh. of what's going on there. Come on, get it together, yeah. people. I've seen a lot of Reddit involving Talyn, yes. but that's a story for another episode. Yeah, but they're usually shipping Talyn with Boimler, so, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, back to Jen here. So Jen invites Mariner to hang out with her friends. Kind of weird how this all goes down. Mariner, of course, gets told that she's bossy by her friends. So first of all, is she bossy? I mean, she's in command, the command division, right? Like, doesn't that mean that that's just her skill? She's kind of bossy, yeah. Is she bossy, a too? Bit. A little too bossy But are we for, skipping for over something here? Where was she invited to? The salon. The salon. The salon party. Wow, these ensigns <laughs> are full of themselves. Uh, like, yeah, that's salons... Right. And it's funny because, like, the, the reason it was called the salon was because that was, like, the room of, like, the mansion that you would meet in. And it'd be a bunch right. of, like, cultural leaders. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, intellectual cultural discussions. Are any yeah. of these people even lieutenants? Come on. <laughs> Y'all full of it. Yeah. They're just, like, uh, taking advantage of that one of them has access to the room. I think it must be that one from the Enterprise. They served on the Enterprise for, like, one minute. Yeah. Castro. Castro, yes. Anson Castro. Uh, it's an interesting thing about Castro. Did you notice how she pronounces salon? What does she say? She pronounces it instead of salon like everybody else. Salon? Salon, right? Salon. Salon. Yes. Interesting. And you know who else pronounces it that way? Malcolm Reed. She's trying to do like the fake British thing to sound smart. Well... That or she's seen uh, Malcolm Reed's old television commercials. (laughs) Very likely. Oh, man. I love that they describe the style there as Betazoid casual because you don't want to go Betazoid formal because that's no clothes. But Betazoid casual is This raises a question for me, though. Have we heard a reference to this before that Betazoid casual is sweats? Have we? Like, or is this something Mm. new? I mean... Is this a reference I think it's, it's to gotta something? Be new. Did Lon Suter wear sweats a lot or something? <laughs> I, that's where they grabbed it from? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so, though. I feel like maybe that was his uh, murder wear or something, you know? <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think they're just making the joke of the formal wear, which is nothing. Yes. It's so basically so casual, casual sweats. sweats which yeah. I, it's not next to nothing. It doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is weird. But you know what's even weirder is that, that all the women candles? there are into boy. No, they're making candles. <laughs> well, that too. That's the weird thing, man. Oh, candle-making parties. Uh, you know what? It just disappoints me that they're going to survive that far into the future. I didn't realize they were a thing. I kind of had to uh, look around to realize it was an actual thing people oh, did. Oh, God. I don't know. But why are all the women into Boimler? What's going on with Boimler's, like, strange attractiveness? It's the purple hair. Apparently. You know what? Maybe it's just residual effects from his parasite. 
<laughs> he's got the extra pheromones yeah, going off. Yeah, he's got the, the pheromones really going off. Or maybe they just, like, remember <laughs> the pheromones and are like, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Since they never got to get with him, like his previous girlfriend, there was never a yes. been there, done that. There's still that uh, <laughs> interest. There's that mystique. Yeah, there there's the still. mystique. Right. What's underneath that uniform? <laughs> and Mariner knows because she had that horrible uh, training experience. Yes, and so that she's, is true. She's moved on. Uh, I love during that sequence, Mariner's pouring herself a drink. How and she did just pours she the entire fit bottle. the whole bottle <laughs> into the cup? Is it like an extra dimensional cup? Is this a TARDIS cup? Is it bigger on the inside? Oh, come on, <laughs> That's what it seems animators. Like. You were doing such a great yeah. job. They're trying to execute the comedy. I feel like just a little bit of a gaffe there, maybe. No, Either way, it's still I funny. I think it was intentional to show just how much alcohol she was going to need to get through this. Yes. She doesn't get that messed up, though. There is that. But let's talk more about Jen's intentions with Mariner here. Because, you know, it comes out that Jen, she wants Mariner to come and freak out her friends with her bossiness, apparently, or, you know, abrasiveness. She wants to take them But she down doesn't say that. She wants them to, she wants Mariner to tell them how terrible they are and how annoying they are. Yeah, yeah. but why doesn't she say that? Well, There's this communication issues there, man. Come on. Any are relationship based like, on communications. Hey, honey, you want to go hang out with my friends? And if you don't just do me a favor, tell them how terrible they all are for me. I'd appreciate that. I know you're going to hate just them. Be you, just be you. Just get it out of the yeah. system. Yeah. No, I, that's I all she got to like do. That would not work in a normal relationship. It's just she just dropping it on her would be it was is better. It also raises so many questions. If you find these people so mm. insufferable, why are you still friends with why them? Why is she hanging out? Yeah. I don't know. A lot of questions I, indeed. I feel like there's a complex plethora of issues going on here that I don't need to delve into. I don't need to be a cartoon <laughs> head shrinker, thank you. I'm not Dr. Katz, goddammit. Yeah, probably for the best. But Jen also says that one of the main reasons why she likes Mariner is because she's unexpected. But here's the thing about relationships, especially long-term ones, is even the most unexpected partner ever will have some degree of, you know, you'll, you'll get to know them, right? So they become less expected. So is this really a long-term qualification for a relationship with these you know, two? And that's it. I don't think anybody's really unexpected, right? Literally, this is an episode where Mariner did the unexpected thing. Jen wanted her to be Mariner and tell all right. her friends. That's true. And she was yeah. bummed out that Mariner did not do the expected thing. Even the most <laughs> unexpected people, you hang around them long enough and you're, you know, quoting them before they say it, you know? Right. People are not that random. It's just one of those things, like, they're still in the honeymoon phase, and she's just like, oh, you're so unexpected, I love that. Yes, and I think what she actually means is different. Mariner is Mm. different from her usual Starfleet friends. It's not unexpected, it's not random, it's just different. And eventually, you'll realize that that difference is normal. Yes. All right. well, maybe perhaps there is a future for them, after all. I don't know. I do want to know, though, coming on a couple of things here, the meat of the party and the weird things they were doing there i wasn't in the enterprise the enterprise was in me all along what the fuck does that even mean and it started out (laughs) as like a horror story like it was a jock it was a dark and stormy 578.2 yeah and then it's like it starts out with this horror beginning and then at the end it's this aspirational speech what is going yeah. on here? I don't know. Oh, man. I don't I, think they're supposed to be making sense. I there. don't blame Mariner for wanting to phaser these people at all. <laughs> Speaking of phasering, does she just have she it on her at all times? She brought a phaser to or? a party! <gasps> no, not necessarily. We don't know that for sure. 
But there's one of two <laughs> things that this scene implies. Either Mariner brought a phaser to a party, which raises lots out. of questions. What is she from Texas? <laughs> Jesus. Or Castro just keeps a phaser in her quarters, which I can't believe is by the book regulation Starfleet behavior. Hey, we've seen that before. As I recall, there's a, a next gen episode where Jordy just like opens a drawer and a phaser's in there and he shoots the monster that's hiding out as the dog. Do you remember that episode of TNG? I don't so remember that. There is scene. precedent. Oh my god. Yeah, just opening drawers and pulling phasers oh, out of drawers. So. I feel like Starfleet would secure their weapons at all times. <laughs> Especially knowing that like a phaser has like enough power to destroy a building. Like, I feel like you just wouldn't allow people to keep that in their sock drawer, you know? <laughs> I, and I know gun nuts Maybe. are a little weird. I had a former roommate who one day I came home and found a shotgun in the fridge. They set him oh, down dear. in weird places. But you know what? That is weird. This is an organization with a hierarchical structure and inventories. Eventually, somebody's <laughs> going to say, Hey, Jordy, you remember that you got a little, phaser, uh, phaser you checked out six months ago? I feel like Shax is uh, missing some of his duties a little bit there, maybe. Or, you know, maybe Shax is doing the same thing. It's good. It's I possible. feel like Shax would be the kind of guy who has, you know, a phaser in every drawer in his room. Yeah. And people come yeah. in and are like, why do you have a painting of a phaser on your wall? Oh, that's not a painting. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, Mariner's stashed enough contraband on the Cerritos to make me question Shax's competency anyway, so. Wow. Poor Shax. There's that. I know. He's, he doesn't really have the best. You know, or maybe he's an Odo style figure. He knows what's going on, but he lets it happen oh, for, you know. Yeah, so he can track it. Yeah, so he can, you know, yeah. catch the bigger problems. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Maybe that's, that's, that's what's that's going on. That's my there. theory. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Again, speaking of phasers, how does them shooting themselves? Yeah, I, the I feel like that's get kind them of out suicidal, of right? We've established that in one of the films, I think Star Trek Six, you you stun at close range. That could be uh, dangerous. Well, but even more than that, they're in a room with dwindling oxygen supplies. Like, yeah, yeah no one's going to come die uh... in your sleep, I guess, Mariner and Jen. <laughs> and you know what? Though? They're rolling the dice. But you're right. Like, how does that get them out of trouble? I don't know. It's not like I get the, the preserving oxygen thing. Didn't see who was phasering them? I know. <laughs> there wasn't any uh, erased memory yeah. phaser shots going on there. Uh, yeah. You know, but maybe maybe it's like the logic is well, you know, if we phaser ourselves, they'll know that we were doing it to try and save everybody. Maybe that's the logic. Ah, uh, okay, I, that can make sense. But I will say this, Jen way too in to Mariner phasering her friend. She's like in the background all giddy and clapping Yay. and cheering. It's all like, wow. I really hope somebody makes a gif of the excited Jen clap because that was pretty awesome. Uh, frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't already exist. I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> Very likely. But that was good. Overall, I like the we get a little character development out of Mariner here. Like She's willing to try new things with Jen, but in reality, she too must learn to be yourself the theme returns well i mean there's a time for being yourself and a time for sucking it up and saying yes sir that's a great idea sir i'll vent all of deck three to space immediately <laughs> yeah you, you got a good point there yes but do you want to give your final thoughts your summary your summation of what you think about this episode uh you know what overall solid episode we're gonna give it let's go with three pumpkins out <laughs> of a jar of turpentine just solid Ooh. really great that's high marks. High marks. My main problems, you know, the Shaq's 
Kira relationship, the uh, Quark, you know, being Quark, you know, a little too expected. Orion guy, a little too over the top and telling. Yeah. You know what? Just kind of edged it out of being, you know, three pineapples out of a jar of mayonnaise. So close to the pineapple rating. So close. Uh, I thought that uh, I love this episode. I think this is probably one of the strongest ones. I thought last week was good, but I think this one edged it out a bit. It's obviously going for the DS9 nostalgia, right? Like, this episode is clearly like, hey, you remember DS9? Well, guess what? We're going to DS9. So, like, fine points for that, but the episode is solid, too. Plot's fun. And we get long-term character development for both Tendi and Mariner, so... Hard to go wrong with all the things that are going on here. Yeah. The minor things do not eclipse yes. the positives that come out of this It one, leans so. heavily on nostalgia, but does not rely 100% yeah. on it. It makes its own joke totally. in its own way. Yeah. I love that the uh, writers um, and producers are professional enough and they get it. They understand what's going on to make it that work. So it's a good time. Yeah, let's not let's just uh, stop stroking the writers and producers' egos before you know they get too full of themselves. <laughs> stop now you know what if you want to come on the show we'll stroke away if that's what you want well, you, come on the show talk with us we'll stroke you want, your egos buddy. it'll be a good time you know i feel like we're getting too close to a brown hole territory here, so maybe we should uh call it a <laughs> yeah, night Yeah, we've gone a little bit far <laughs> you know Jesus. oh man yeah so uh you know i'm i'm done i mean i'll never be done but i'm i'm out of you know things in bottles is all that I have left is, is empty bottles and, and regrets. So I'm, I'm done Sad. for the night. It's over. Uh, I'm, I'm out! At least till next week, when we come back to watch episode 7 of season 3. Till then, catch us on Twitter, at Lower Dorks. Or put on your Beta Z casual and make your way to a candlelit telling of how a strange, bespectacled man realized the Cerritos was inside him all along. It truly was. And not in the metaphorical way. No, it was very physical. Mm-hmm.